I want to talk to you this morning for a few minutes on a subject. It's actually an informal question. How about your heart? How about your heart? I want to go to the book of Proverbs chapter 4, and I'll read verses 23 to 27, and then I'll come back to verse 23 for my text verse. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or left. Remove your foot from evil. And verse 23 is my text verse. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. I want to talk about the heart. How about your heart? You know, the human heart is a pear-shaped little organ about the size of a man's fist. Um, An adult woman's heart weighs about 8 ounces. An adult man's heart weighs about 10 ounces. I think that's the only time I've ever scene where men may have a bigger heart than women (laughs) but that's with your physical heart Uh, it's an amazing little organ the heart Uh, it's responsible for supplying blood and oxygenated blood to the entire cellular system of your body the heart's made up of a special muscle that little muscle um, and you'll see why when I tell you what it does in just a few minutes. But it's made a, it's a, it's a muscle that's called a myocardium, and it's enclosed in a double-layered membrane sac called the pericardium. Your system of blood vessels, arteries, veins, and capillaries is over 60,000 miles long. We could take all those little fine blood vessels out of your body and stretch them out. It would be long enough to go around the world more than twice around the entire globe. Isn't that amazing? Listen, folks, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, you just, you, you'll have a hard time. In fact, I think it'd be impossible for you to ever convince me that we just happen chance by some stretch of evolution. Everything I ever had that evolved always went the other way. It never got better. And I just can't imagine that, that this body just, we, we are here today because there is a supreme, eternal, omnipotent being that made us in his own likeness and in his own image. That little heart about the size of your fist, that little muscle beats about 100,000 times a day in a lifetime of 70 years that heart will beat over two and a half billion times. Can you imagine that? Your heart just continually beats. You don't even think about it. 24 hours, seven days a week. You go to sleep and rest the rest of your body. Your heart don't rest. It just keeps right on beating. In fact, if your heart goes to sleep when you go to sleep, neither of you will wake up. It just keeps beating and keeps beating. 
It pumps about five quarts of blood through that entire system of over 60,000 miles that I just mentioned a while ago. That's the equivalent of 2,000 gallons of blood, gallons of blood per day throughout the entire body. Amazing what that little heart does. Amazing. Man has never been able to come up with anything to equal the heart. Oh, I know they made a mechanical heart, but it don't work like that heart that God made. It just doesn't. Each year, there are about a million, 1.1 million heart attacks in the United States. And unfortunately, about 250,000 of those happen so quickly and unexpectedly that the person does not make it more than an hour. Heart disease is the problem. And it's often treated by eating better food with low cholesterol, with weight loss, with exercise, and with medication. All these things the doctor will give you if you have heart problems. Heart attacks and strokes are the outward signs of heart disease. And heart disease is an accumulation of arterial plaque, which slowly constricts the arteries or the blood vessels to the point that they can no longer get the blood through to the designed place. It closes those passageways down, and hence you have a heart attack. You see, heart disease does not happen overnight. It's a long process of time. Now, the Scripture talks about the heart 805 times. It's mentioned in Scripture. Now, I would think that anything the Lord mentions 805 times, is it's important, wouldn't you? And that's why we're going to talk about it this morning. The spiritual heart in man is often compared to the natural heart. That's why I took a few minutes to talk about your natural heart. Now, I want to talk to you about that spiritual heart. The Bible talks about the heart, as I said, many, many times. It talks about the imaginations of the heart. It talks about the integrity of the heart. It talks about a glad heart, a faint heart, a hard heart, a willing heart, a, a sorrowful heart, a discouraged heart, an obstinate heart, a proud heart, a humble heart, an unrighteous heart, a deceived heart, a glad heart, a trembling heart, a melted heart, a merry heart, a perfect heart, a tender heart. And I could go on and on talking about the heart of man. Now, the reason there's, there's this spiritual heart compared to the natural heart is because both are so vitally important. The natural heart that pumps the blood through your body, if it stops working, your body will die. The spiritual heart, if it stops pumping spiritual life into your spirit man, you're going to have serious, serious problems. So we're going to talk about it today. I'm going to talk about three things. I'm going to talk about a fountain because your heart is mentioned as a fountain. The text that I read to you a while ago said, out of it spring the issues of life. I'm going to talk about a forecast from your heart. And then I'm going to talk about a formula to help you with your heart. Okay, you ready for these three? Get these, and, uh, and I'll move right forward. First of all, let's look at this fountain of your heart. 
as I said, my text says, out of your heart spring the very issues of life. Jesus used this same kind of terminology. Let me give you some scriptures. In Luke, he said, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. An evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You've heard me say this before, but let me repeat it. There's, there's some things about sin that I understand. Anybody tells you that there's no pleasure in sin, the scriptures doesn't even say that. You remember Moses in your Bible? Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible said that when Moses came to years, in other words, when, when Moses got grown, when Moses became a man, he made this statement. He said, I had rather suffer the persecution with the children of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So Moses admitted there is pleasure in sin. However, he was a smart young man. He looked at the situation and he said, the pleasures of sin are only going to last for a short time. And I'm going to choose what's eternal over what's temporary. So there is pleasure in sin, but it's temporary. It don't last long. And I understand some of the pleasures of sin, but something that confused me for a long time until I really got a hold of this scripture out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I, I couldn't understand why people curse. I mean, I can understand why a drunk may drink because he wants to numb his senses and feel better. At least they think they do for a while. I can understand the, 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 uh, the, the, the pull of drugs, and to, again, some of the same things, and, and you can get a euphoric high for a while. I can understand some of the pleasures, but why in the world do people curse? I mean, good time to live. What kind of fun do you get out of cursing? I mean, what does that do for you? Where is the pleasure in that? And then I realized people don't curse because it's fun. People don't curse because there's a, a, a euphoric sensation that comes out. They curse because there's cursing in their heart. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's an overflow of what they have in their heart. Look what Jesus said in Mark chapter 7, verses 21 to 23. For from within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all of these evil things come with, from within that defile a man. So just as a bad physical heart is going to affect the entire system of the body, so the spiritual heart of man affects the entire spirit of man. So I ask you this morning, how about your heart? How about your heart? James uses this same kind of terminology. James chapter 3, verses 11 to 14. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives? Or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by the good conduct that he, his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts... 
Do not boast and lie against the truth. You know what James is saying? You can, you can put on a front all you want to. But the fact is, if your heart's not right, your life's not right. And that, that front you're putting on eventually fade away. And the true self will show itself. So, it brings me, to, to, that, that, that's the fountain, your, your heart. Brings me to a forecast. I can, I can tell you something. Remember what I said a while ago about heart disease? It slowly forms and then comes to an abrupt end. You know, you could be a walking time bomb. Did you know that? There are some people that have that, uh, that little artery that doesn't make much fuss. Uh, they call it the widow maker. You don't even know it's clogged until boom, it's got you. You, you could be a walking time bomb. What I mean by that is you could, you could be feeling pretty good right now and have a heart attack before sundown. Boy, isn't this positive sounding <laughs> right after Thanksgiving. <laughs> but, but it's the truth. That's why it pays to stay ready. Amen? Amen. It pays to stay ready. Pastor Jones and myself just yesterday were at, the, were at the funeral of a good friend of ours, a good ministerial friend, 66 years old. Six weeks ago, he was healthy and strong, at least he thought he was. And all of a sudden, he had a heart attack. And everything went down from there. And, and it, 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 let me tell you something. The, the heart is so important. It's so valuable. But as valuable as it is to take care of this physical heart, it's even more important to take care of that spiritual heart. Because this natural heart, all it can do is affect this old body. And this old body ain't the end, folks. It's just one part of us. We are a spirit and we have a soul. And our spirit and our soul is going to live on after they put this body wherever they put it. In fact, it really don't matter too much what they do with this body. I, I'm often asked, uh, preacher, is cremation wrong? Let me tell you, whatever they do with this body, is not, don't worry about what they're going to do with your body afterwards. You can say what you want to, but the fact is somebody else will make that decision. Amen. You can tell them what you want them to do all you want to, but when you're gone, you're gone. And they're going to do what they want to. And when that funeral director says to your inheritors, I can save you $3,000. I'm sorry, I'm getting. <laughs> but the point is, folks, it's, it's going to decompose no matter what. It'll decompose in a furnace or it'll decompose in a casket. It's going to decompose. It's going back ashes to ashes, dust to dust. That's where it's going. But we're going to have a new body if, we, if we're serving the Lord, a glorious body, like unto his glorious body. Amen. That's why it's more important to take care of your spiritual heart because that's the one that's going to make the difference in your eternity. And just as you can forecast by what's going on with your heart what your future is going to be, some people take it more seriously than others. My, my dad, there's only one kind of meat that he really liked. He loved pork. He loved everything on a pig. 
My dad ate everything but the squeal. He just, he, his favorite was tenderloin. He loved ham. As long as I can remember, my mother made him two ham biscuits among whatever else she made, but those were two staples that had to be in his lunch bucket every day. Had to have two ham biscuits every day. I mean, every day. He never got tired of it. And it's the only kind of meat he really cared for. He didn't like chicken. He didn't care for steak or any kind of beef. I rarely saw him eat a hamburger. Occasionally, he would eat fish. He liked fish all right, but his favorite was pork. And the doctor set him down when he was about 75 and said to him, Mr. Bowen, if you don't stop eating pork, you're going to die. And my dad sat there for a minute and he said, uh, let me ask you a question. How much longer will I live if I don't eat pork? And the doctor said, Mr. Bowen, it could possibly add five years to your life if you quit eating pork. Dad thought a minute and he said, I think I'm going to die happy. Some people take it more serious than other people. But they can predict, they can tell you, according to the health of your heart, how much longer you have to live. And I can tell you this morning, if you'll do a checkup of your spiritual heart, you may discover what your future is going to be like. I want to tell you this morning, if you allow bitterness and strife and envy and jealousy and anger and wrath and hatred in your heart, it will pollute your entire system and your life will continue to be miserable until it takes you out. That's why it's so important to get all of that stuff out of your heart. How many of you, no wonder Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. You see, God can give you a new heart. Amen. And, and, and you, you can get all that stuff out. You can, you can get a new heart and you need to keep that one clean. How many of you are thankful that, that, that you have taken things to the cross and you, through the power of the blood of Jesus, you've been able to get all of that stuff, that envy, that hatred, that hurt, that, that, all, that sin, everything, just been able to get all of that out, get it all cleaned up and praise God. You got a good report this morning. You're spiritually healthy in the Lord and you had a great Thanksgiving because you gave him praise for all that he's done for you. Amen. 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 Well, if you'll keep your heart clean, you'll have a bright future. Now, let, let, let's look at some scriptures on this. Proverbs 15 and 13 says, A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but a sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Proverbs 15 and 15 said, All the days of, of, of uh, the afflicted are evil, but he who is of a merry heart has a continual feast. I just made up my mind one day, I'm just going to enjoy life and have a feast every day. Amen. Just when you get home, look yourself in the mirror and say, smile. Have a merry heart. Let's be happy. Proverbs 17, 22, you're familiar with this one. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bone. That's good medicine. Be happy. Amen. Get around people that make you feel good. Lift the atmosphere. Get away from people that 
doom, despair, and misery is all they can talk about. Amen. Talk about the goodness of the Lord. So I want to give you a formula out of this text passage that I read to you this morning that will help you to have a healthy heart. Let's go back to the text and we'll see. First of all, there are four things here. He says, he says, you need to guard your heart. Verse 23, guard your heart. Now, the purpose of a guard is to keep things out that shouldn't be there, right? If you visit some gated community here in Augusta this afternoon where they got a guard shack and they have a guard on duty, the reason they pay that guard there is to to challenge anything that may be coming through that gate or trying to come through that gate or anybody that that should not be there. They'll let the people through that should be there, but the purpose of that guard is to keep out the people who should not be there. And that's what the Scripture tells us to do with our heart. Guard your heart. There's some things that you don't want to allow in your heart. I mentioned several of them a while ago. You just don't allow bitterness to get there. When it tries to come in, just say, oh, no sirree, I got a guard here at my heart. You're not welcome here. Only the good things are of the Lord are allowed here. Guard your heart. Second thing, he said, put a grip on your lip. <laughs> Verse 24 talks about watching what's coming out of your mouth. Watch out what you say. Watch out what you say. Boy, I learned a long time ago, never say never. Have you ever said, I'll never do that? <laughs> First of all, God's got a sense of humor and he's listening. Yeah. <laughs> I, left, I left Augusta on a hot August afternoon in about 1970, 71. And it was so hot here. And, and the place that we were staying didn't have air conditioning. And when Faye and I rode up I-20 headed back home, I said to Faye, I don't care if I don't ever spend another day in Augusta, Georgia. <laughs> Guess where God called us? Augusta, Georgia. I've spent most of my life in Augusta, Georgia. Hot summertime and all. Now, I'll grant you God's given us a love for it. We, I thank the Lord for it. I love it. I don't know of a place better on earth. When better, if it gets better than here, you've got to go to heaven. That's it's just all there is to it. I had a preacher that had the audacity yesterday to tell me that you have to eventually move to Atlanta to get to heaven. I'm not going to say what I'm thinking. <laughs> Atlanta reminds me a little more of the other place than, than, 
<laughs> then, then it does to heaven. And, and, and that's all right. A lot of wonderful things in Atlanta. I'm not, I'm not against Atlanta, but, but I want, you may have to go to Atlanta to get, uh, to get Delta connections to get anywhere else. But I, wanted to, I got a different, I'm, I'm not going to take an airplane ride. I'm going to take a plane air ride out of Augusta to go to heaven. Amen. You can get from here to heaven. You don't have to go to Atlanta or anywhere else. You can, you can go from here. But, but put a grip on your lip. Watch what you say because what you say can feed into your spirit. You, you want to watch that. Then he said, guide your eyes. Verse 25, be careful what you look at. You see, the senses of the body, our hearing, our seeing, our smell, and so forth, all of these things feed into the spirit right into our spiritual heart so be careful what you look at you want to know one of the reasons that god said job was a perfect man because job said early in his experience with the lord i made a covenant with my eyes not to look at evil be careful what you look at we we talk to men about what we call bouncing your eyes in other words, when you look, when when you see something that you know that you shouldn't see, look away, look away. You can train yourself to do that, and you need to do that. The fact is, there's no way that you can live in this world today and not see some things that you shouldn't see. Everybody agree with that? But you don't have to focus on it. You don't have to keep looking at it. You, you, need to, you need to be careful. You need, to, you need to guide your eyes in a different direction when something is in front of you that you should not see. And that's what Job did. He said, I made a covenant. I made a deal. I told my eyes, you're not going to look where you want to look. I'm going to tell you where to look. We can, we can discipline these, this body and we can control this body. And we need to do that. That's healthy for you. That will keep your heart healthy. That's another way to guard your heart. Be careful what you look at. Somebody said years ago, I can't keep the birds from flying overhead, but I can keep them from building a nest in my hair. And I can't help what may be on a billboard or what's here and there and in front of me, but I don't have to stop and look at it. I can, I can look somewhere else. I can find something better to look at. And then fourth and finally, he said, gauge your steps. In other words, be careful where you go. Be careful where you go. Make up your mind. I'm, there, there's some places I'm not going to go. There's some places I'm going to avoid. I'm going to walk a different walk. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm guarding my heart. I'm going to gauge my steps and make sure that I go the right, the right direction. I, I heard about two drunks that were high as a kite and they were walking down the railroad track. And one drunk, they both got really tired. One drunk said, I'm telling you, this is the longest flight of steps I've ever been on in my whole life. And the other drunk said back to him, he said, it's not these steps that's getting me, it's these low handrails. Be careful where you go. I heard about a man this many years ago, generations ago, but he had gotten free from alcohol. He had a problem with alcohol and it destroyed most of his life. And he got free from it and he was doing better. But every Saturday when he went to town, he hitched his horse in front of the saloon. Wrong, wrong, wrong. 
because eventually when he hitched his horse he walked back in watch out where you're going amen guide your steps now i want to tell you today that the lord wants you to guard your heart i ask you again how about your heart many years ago uh, a church of god preacher in fact uh, a church of god preacher that did quite well in life very successful in ministry and he was actually raised in church of god children's home Sevierville, tennessee a great songwriter wrote a lot of fantastic songs probably one of the best known songs that he ever wrote was a song entitled how about your heart his name's benny triplett some of you know benny triplett and um let, let me read you the words of this song it says how about your heart is it right with god that's the thing that counts today is it black by sin or is it pure within could you ask christ in to stay people often see you as you are outside but jesus really knows you because he sees inside how about your heart is it right with god that's the thing that counts today then he's got a verse that says friend how would you feel if your heart were made with a window on each side so that all could see not just outward charm but detect the inward part how about your heart is it right with god now the uh, i i'm, I'm going to try something here that <laughs> i want to tell you our video crew would not show something on the screen that um that is this poor quality but I, I was looking for the words of this song this morning and i just happened to stumble across an old old uh clip of benny triplett himself and of course he's on up in years his voice is not as great as it was when he was younger but he is at a they're having a musical concert at lee in the con center and somebody got it and put it on youtube and benny is actually singing that song that he wrote by the way when benny triplett wrote that song he was a really young man in fact he sold that song to the blackwood brothers in 1953 for $50 <laughs> and it became their theme song and if you've ever been to a concert by the blackwood brothers every concert since 1953 they open with this song this is the first song they sing how about your heart sing it at every concert now the next generation the kids the, the blackwood boys the next generation they're carrying on the tradition now i just saw the other day just a, a new clip opening their blackwood brothers concert how about your heart is it right with god I, i'm going to ask them if they've got that queued up and and we'll they're going to play you forgive the video team this is not the kind of quality stuff that they show okay so this is not them this is me but i wanted you to get these words again in your spirit this morning so put that on the screen if you will With a window on 
not just outward charm, but detective inward People often see you as you are outside. Jesus really knows you, for he sees inside. How about your heart? Is it right with God? Stand with me, if you will, please. I want to ask you, how about your heart? Is it right with God? There may be other problems as well. Maybe your situation is not, Pastor, am I right with God or not? Maybe you you know you're right with God, but you've got some other heart problems. I know some of you are standing here this morning suffering with a grieving heart because of losses you've had lately, recently. Some of you may be standing here today with a wounded heart, a broken heart, sad heart, hurt heart. This time of year brings memories that causes your heart to ache. 
I got good news for you this morning. There's a heart specialist in the room, and his name's Jesus. And he can heal your broken heart. Ezekiel 36 and 36 says, I will give him a new heart, put a new spirit within you, and I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Proverbs 14 and 30 says, a sound heart is life to the body. God wants you to have a sound, strong, healthy heart to enjoy the days ahead and to give you a long, successful life and then to take you from here to his presence for your eternal life with him. How about your heart? I'm going to ask the prayer team to come, prayer members, group, small group leaders, staff members, any of you board members that are here, if you'll come and help us this morning. I, I, I just really felt prompted of the Holy Spirit early this morning to be sure we had an invitation in the service today. I believe there's somebody standing here, maybe several people here. You're not here by accident. God brought you here this morning because your heart's not right with God. And you need to get that taken care of today. But there are many others of you that God brought here this morning that have other heart issues. And Jesus is here this morning to say, I'm here to heal your heart. I'm here to give you a brand new heart if you need it. He can do a heart transplant for you. Or he can heal your heart. He can, he can clean out all that stuff. Clear out all those, those clogged arteries. And let his Holy Spirit find its way through your entire being to every cell of your spiritual body. And your, even your physical body. God can give healing this morning. And I believe the healer wants to heal.